2: Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, then head over to patreon.com nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs, and welcome back to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So, Derek, how has your week been, sir?
3: Well, it was going okay until a few minutes ago when Skype yeah. decided to crash.
2: That's why we're a little late getting started tonight, because Skype decided to just take a worldwide poop and so we uh did a little finagling, and now we've got discord, so that's the I think that's going to be our platform of choice from here on out.
3: Well, it's funny because we'd actually talked about after Pisacon making the switch over to Discord, so yeah. Skype made the decision for
2: us. yes, it did, and I'm glad it did because you sound better, and your video is way clearer. yeah, it's
3: funny because I was actually checking it before we started, and there's a podcast I listened to that recently made the switch over from Skype to Discord, and I've listened to the show for 10 plus years. The audio difference is just, it's night and day. Yeah, you sound like it's, it's, cl- crystal
2: clear coming in right now.
3: It And another thing is I've gone back and listened to previous episodes of the show, and you can tell my audio sounds different, so I'm excited to go back and listen to to hear how it is, but... Other than that, uh, it's been uh, actually a pretty busy week. I started editing the Parker Syndrome uh-huh. this past weekend, and that's that's going to be a probably a fairly lengthy process, but um, it's coming along slowly but surely, and uh, just kind of getting ready for Pensacon this weekend because we've got uh, I know we've got two panels that we're doing uh, on that Sunday.
2: Yeah, I was just about to bring that up this Sunday. Please come out to Pensacon and uh, watch us do a live episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. Uh, let me look up which room is it. It's in the... Come on. Uh, it's in the uh, Grand Hotel Room A, Sunday, February 24th at 4 p.m. And also, if you're going to be
3: there earlier in the day, Jason... Wally Phelps, the official fact checker mm-hmm. of the Nerd Cave Retro, as well as Mr. Julio Diaz, will be joining the defending bad movies panel that will be recorded for the Derek Diamond experience. I've got a list of 30 movies for you guys to choose from. That is going to be
2: so awesome. <laughs> it's going to be fun.
3: And the cool thing is is that the panelists will not know what those movies are oh. until I pull them out <laughs> of Either a cup or a hat, whatever uh, I decide to bring up on stage with me.
2: Please don't give me something I, I have no way of defending. Give me something I can defend, like Ice Pirates or something like that. <laughs> I will say
3: there are a handful that I really hope get selected, because I know especially, I don't know Julio as well as I do you and Wally, but there are some that I know will just kill you two. To defend.
2: Uh, and I'll have to defend it no matter what it is, right? Yep. Mm, you can't say anything bad about it if it's spider-man 3 i'm just gonna walk off the day <laughs> <laughs> uh well i'll go ahead and tell you that is on the list oh god i'm gonna get it ain't i <laughs> uh
3: it's it's gonna be fun though that's gonna be sunday february 24th at 1:30 p.m at the grand hotel room b so come out
2: say hi and uh hang out with us for the day yes so, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to move into the news for this week. What do you say? Sure. This happened a little bit earlier this week. This is on NintendoLife.com. Near mint condition copy of Super Mario Bros. sells at auction for more than $100,000. A certified near mint condition copy of the timeless NES classic Super Mario Brothers has sold for $100,150 at an auction. This makes it the first ever video ga- video game to sell for six figures. The reason it fetched such a high price is linked to the rarity. Between 1985 and 1986 in New York and L.A. at test market launches, Nintendo sold a total of two NES cartridges in sticker-sealed boxes instead of the usual shrink wrap. This version is one of the two original sticker copies and has never been opened. What do you think about this? Only two of these exist, and this is the only one that wasn't opened. So this is a a one-of-a-kind item.
3: Well, I mean, if any game is going to go for six figures, I think Super Mario Brothers, especially one in this condition and that it being the only copy of this run that has never been opened, and it's it was graded a nine point four out of ten as far as condition goes. That's that's damn near perfect condition.
2: It doesn't say. So where, I'm not surprised at all. It doesn't say who had this thing or where it was found, but I mean. It stayed in great condition, so obviously it was lost to the world for a while and just kind of preserved.
3: Would you sell it if you had it?
2: I don't know. I pro- if I could get a hundred thousand dollars for it, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Same. No, I, I completely agree. Is it's insane? You know, I-, I remember reading this a few days ago and. Was just blown away by it. Yeah, that's that's awesome.
2: I, I never in my life thought that a uh, a video game would sell for more than a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I thought it was crazy that uh you know the the Nintendo World Championship you know gold cartridges go for like you know twenty or thirty like that's nuts to me. But this is just who has a hundred thousand dollars to spend on Super Mario Brothers.
3: The dream is to have $100,000 yeah, to spend on that, that's a the dream. video game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but our next story also comes to us from NintendoLife.com. A reminder Super Mario Bros. 2 and Kirby's Adventure are now on the Switch, plus two new SP Edition NES games. Let's see. Sees uh, the latest update arrive in Nintendo Switch's online NES app, with four new games in total being added for your playing pleasure or five. If you're in Japan, Uh, the two main additions this month are Kirby's adventure and super Mario brothers two, which Nintendo previously confirmed just last week. And a short video was shared on Nintendo of Europe's Twitter page, which you can watch on the article. The two new SPS are Metroid, which gives you every power up from the start and gives you an easier chance to see a special game ending while a special version of blaster master has you starting from area eight.
2: I'm still not a fan of the SP edition games.
3: I didn't mind playing through The Legend of Zelda when you have some of the items and you start from the beginning, but I feel like it makes it a little too easy. Like, I wouldn't want to play Metroid with having every power-up from the start. Like That, to me, takes a lot of the challenge. Because half the fun of that game is exploring and finding the items and getting them yourself.
2: Yeah, it just defeats the purpose for me. Like that's the whole fun of the game is the is the, you know, the the adventure, the journey.
3: Yeah. It's not about the destination, it's the journey.
2: No. Uh for our next story, this comes from if it'll pull up for me. Uh Game Rants being a little slow. Uh Nintendo's working on a game that was thought dead. Uh, this week, Nintendo Direct was a solid showing, some great titles coming out later this year, uh, but many of its high-profile series were missing. However, if rumors prove true, Nintendo may have something very secretive cooking. No, I don't want you to show me notifications, great game rant, go away. According to Game Informer's Imran Khan, news of a specific game continues to pop up to the point that it sounds like it's in development. Khan did not reveal the game, but saying he wants to confirm with a few more sources before he makes the news public. However, he was clear that the game rumored to be envelop- in development was thought dead. It is unclear how far back in Nintendo's history this game would be coming from, but looking at the mo- more recent past, Nintendo has said it had plans to bring back F-Zero on the Wii U with the help of Need for Speed developer Criterion Games, but that game never came to fruition. Other franchises that at some point were rumored rumored to be on Nintendo's list to bring back but never did during the Wii generation included Kid Icarus and Wave Race. Very interesting. I would be interested to see uh, a new uh, version of Kid Icarus.
3: Yeah, because what Kid Icarus hasn't been around, I can't think of one since the NES.
2: Yeah, since the original game.
3: That would be pretty cool. I also wouldn't mind another F0 because I think the last F0 that came out was the one for the GameCube. Yeah. And it was ridiculously hard.
2: Yeah, I would love to play uh F0 on on the Switch. I think that would be a, a great title to bring back from the uh, the any any from the the Nintendo library of, you know, IPs. I think F0 is still Still holds up as a great racing game, and I think they should just bring it back. Well,
3: those are two of the franchises that haven't been around in a long time because, you know, we've recently gotten a Star Fox game because yeah. there was one out for the Wii U. We know Metroid Prime 4 is in development. We had a Pikmin game for the Wii U, so those are really the only two off the top of my head that haven't been around in a long time. So, high in the sky.
2: <laughs> if I had my way, it would be StarTropics.
3: Oh, that would be great. Yeah. but I That would be it. a nice surprise. But with it, saying working on game that was thought dead it makes me think it's F-Zero.
2: Yeah, it's got to be something like that, or maybe like another Star Fox game or something like that. Yeah.
3: Uh, let's see. This comes to us from TouchArcade.com. Uh, konami confirms global release for castlevania grimoire of the souls this year back in april of last year konami announced a new mobile entry in their decades running castlevania series like the more recent announcements of mobile entries in popular franchises like alien and diablo the console and pc crowd did not take kindly to the announcement however the game itself titled castlevania grimoire of souls actually sounded really cool It features classic 2D side-scrolling gameplay, but with characters, monsters, and environments all modeled in 3D, a style typically dubbed 2.5D. Like many mobile games and popular AAA franchises, it will feature multiple characters from throughout the series' history and also include the option for co-op online play for up to four players. And the cool thing is it's a free-to-play game. Mm. I don't know about you, but... I'm not a huge fan of these types of games on mobile devices.
2: I was just hoping that maybe since they are coming out with a, a, another Castlevania game, that maybe they have something in the works that's going to come later. Like a, a, another, you know, a con, maybe a console version or something along these lines. Like maybe this is a teaser of something better to come uh, from the Castlevania series. So... That's what I'm looking at this as It's just kind of like they're getting another Castlevania game out there to the mobile players to kind of dip their toes back in the water with the Castlevania series, which I think is a good idea,
3: and hopefully it does lead to an actual like console return for Castlevania because I hope it's so as we've mentioned before, it's one of those iconic franchises when you think of the n e s Castlevania's got to be in the first five names mentioned. So hopefully it does bigger and better things. But yeah, yeah, I I just it's one that I hope does well, but is also not really my cup of tea. And there's no specific release date listed. So yeah, it'll be something that we have to that we have to follow.
2: Well, I would think with the uh, the Castlevania series that's on Netflix, you know, they would kind of want to capture that you know interest. With another Castlevania game, because, I mean, it is a, you know, that's a name brand, Castlevania, so uh, they've got to be working on something. I refuse to believe that there's not another console Castlevania game coming.
3: I mean, they surprised us with the Link's Awakening remake.
2: Yep. So, So who knows? Let's hope. Uh, Coming up next, we have this month in... Hold on, let me bring it up here. Man, everything is running so slow tonight. Why? Come on, computer. All right, here we go. We are talking about this month in video game history. In February of 1989, Atari Games releases hard-driving arcade game with filled polygon 3D graphics, physics simulation, and a force feedback steering wheel. It looks like your typical racing arcade game. Yeah, you can still find hard driving in in arcades these days.
3: Yeah, it's it's a classic staple of your arcades. Yeah. Also in February of 1989, the dreaded LJN publishes Friday the 13th, a survival horror video game developed by Japanese video game developer Atlas for the NES video game console. It's an adaptation of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. You don't say.
2: (laughs) It says the game was panned by critics and players alike. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it is LJN,
3: and they they do not have a a great reputation. I don't have much personal experience with LJN, but we've talked about it enough on this show where I feel like I've kind of lived vicariously through you with that.
2: Well, I did review that game. I did do a Twitch stream of it. I can see the potential that they were going for with the game. They just didn't have. They didn't have the the technology to do what they were trying to do yet. So it just didn't work. Maybe if yeah. that game had come out for maybe the, uh, in the Super Nintendo era, when they had you know better technology, better. Yeah, gameplay, stuff like that. It probably could have worked, but man, that game is just hard. Hard to like. It, there's not much good about it, but there was potential there. Yeah,
3: I, I never played it, but I, I do remember you
2: reviewing it. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> one of it's the top bad. five bad, worst games I've ever reviewed for this this uh, show, which uh, I think tonight's review is one is in that top five as well. But uh <laughs> we, should, we should go
3: through like all of our reviews and see like the what we say are like the three best yeah. and the three worst games we've reviewed.
2: We should do that. Let's do that uh sometime in March. Let's do that. We'll, we'll do a show where we rank um what was our best and what was our worst played games. I like it. Let's do it. Uh, also in February of 1992, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 The Manhattan Project is a side scrolling beat em up released by Konami for the NES in Japan in 1991 and for the NES system in North America in 1992. It is the third video game iteration, come on, scroll for me, please, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES. The game features play mechanics similar to the previous game, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles II, the arcade game but it is an original title for the NES without any preceding arcade version. I actually never played this one. It's a really good game. I have it. Uh, I highly recommend it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I played the first two. I knew there was a third one, but...
2: I think... I, I was supposed to do all three, didn't I? I already did one and two. Uh, that's what you I, I think that's what I'm going to do next. I'll do... Uh, I'll do uh Ninja Turtles and uh what's it called again? Uh Manhattan the Project. Manhattan
3: Project. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's always fun talking Ninja Turtles. So. Oh yeah.
2: I'll talk Ninja Turtles um, all day.
3: Oh, same. We we actually did that on an episode of my podcast yeah, that you we should did. go back and listen to. <laughs> it was a good show. It was. Uh February second of nineteen ninety four, Sonic the Hedgehog three is released for the Sega Mega Drive and Genesis and introduces the very popular knuckles the echidna character wow. yeah one of my uh, favorite games for the genesis and probably my second favorite of the classic sonic games two is still it's close three there's a lot of depth to it i really like the knuckles character and a lot of the the music and the level designs are great it's got i think the probably the best story out of that trilogy yeah it's it's a really good game. I think I've reviewed this one before. I think before. you did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. I think the... Yeah, I haven't released, uh, reviewed Sonic and Knuckles yet, but I've reviewed the other three.
2: You should. But yeah, Sonic 3 is great. Uh, also on February 23rd of 1994, Super Street Fighter II Turbo Arcade uh, was released, and it introduces Akuma. Really hard game.
3: I've tried playing it on the SNES Classic. Yeah. And- I've gotten my ass beat
2: many times. <laughs> yeah, I tried playing it on the uh, the Classic and just... I'm not good. <laughs> I'm not good at it at all. It's weird
3: because it's uh, it's very similar to Mortal Kombat, yet I'm so much better at that game. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I grew up with it and I didn't really grow up with Street Fighter. I don't know, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Let's see. And to close us out for this month in video game history... In February of 1995, Star Wars Dark Forces is a first-person shooter video game developed and published by LucasArts. Let's see, it was released on February 28th for MS Dawson Macintosh and 96 for the PlayStation. I actually didn't know it was on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The storyline is set in the Star Wars universe and follows the character of Kyle Katarn, a mercenary working on behalf of the Rebel Alliance. He discovers the Empire's Dark Trooper Project, which involves the development of a series of powerful new battle droids and power-armored stormtroopers.
2: I loved playing this game back in the day. I think Kyle Katarn was the same character that was in Jedi Outcast, wasn't he? Uh, let's see. He has appeared in five video
3: games. Uh, Star Wars Lethal Alliance, Dark Forces, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2 uh Jedi Knight Mysteries of the Sith and Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Yep.
2: I knew that. So I knew that sounded familiar.
3: You are correct. I would love to actually go back and play Dark Forces because that's I mentioned this last week. It's one of the games I used to watch my uncle mm-hmm. play on PC. You can go pick but up But I never all actually these. played
2: them. Dude, you can pick up all of these games on uh uh Steam and um probably pretty cheap.
1: com slash ACAST.
3: Yeah, I should go back and do that. I should review one of these games just because yeah. it, it, it would be such a cool trip down memory lane because it's it's one thing to watch it, but such a different thing to play it.
2: You know what? I have both Knights of the Old Republic games on uh, on Steam, and I haven't really jumped into them. I might go back and play those. And Oh, uh, those games those. are so good. Oh, man. Those are our... Two of the best Star Wars video games you can play
3: I think I like the first one a little bit better than two, but they're both great.
2: Oh yeah they're both great, especially if you like the Mass Effect series, like Mass Effect reminded me a lot of Knights of the Old Republic
3: yeah, I would agree with that a hundred percent
2: but uh, but let's go ahead and do our review for tonight, and it's probably not going to be very long. <laughs> <laughs> Town and Country Surf Designs Wood and Water Rage is a skateboarding and surfing game published by LJN bleh, for the Nintendo Entertainment System in February of 1988. The game shares its name with the world-famous surfboard manufacturer town, facturer, town and Country Surf Designs and features the company's mascot characters known as Du Boys, Joe Cool, Tiki Man, Cool Cat, and Thrilla Gorilla. So, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, The reason I picked to do this is because we talked about it last week on uh, This Month of Video Game History. And uh, I remember playing this game a lot as a kid. I actually have this, a, a copy of this. And I, I played it a little bit, but I just played it for like a second when I bought it and didn't really jump into it. But um, I got... I got the itch to play this game again because I have a lot of nostalgia for this game. I loved playing this game when I was a kid. I I don't know why, <laughs> because going back and playing it now, it is absolutely horrendous. And I I don't know what I saw in this game as a kid. Um, it's got three separate uh, gameplay modes. Oops, sorry about that. Um, it's got uh, of course skateboarding. Uh, the big, it's called Street Skate Session. Um, the Big Wave Encounter, where you do um, surfboarding. And then you have uh, a third option, which is Wooden Water Rage, where basically you play Street Skate, and then you go into Big Wave. Uh, you get three lives per session. And uh, basically, you just, it's like an obstacle course with the Street Skate Session. And you can only do, like, a couple, one move, you can jump, <laughs> that's it, and you don't even do an ollie, you like jump over, the board can go like under an obstacle, and you jump over, and then um you have to go in between objects, which is very hard to do, because you're kind of on that, uh that, what would you call that, like that, it's not straight on 2D side scroller, it's more like a yeah. I know what you're talking
3: about, but I I can't think of an actual term for yeah, it. It's, I know the term for it. It's kind of 2.5D, but
2: it's yeah. not. It's more like that, but it's really hard to see where you need to be at to like go in between objects. Because the hit detection on this game is ridiculous. Ridiculously bad. You get anywhere close to an object, and you're going to wipe out. Like... I played this game maybe 20 30 minutes the other night. I would no. it just the sheer frustration which then turned to boredom <laughs> which which turned to me just turning the game off because I I couldn't do it anymore.
3: Was that your favorite part of the game?
2: Turning it off? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Of course, it's funny because I know you texted me the other night and you said this was going to be your review and you played it for about 20 minutes. You're like, yeah, I was I was done.
2: It's made by LJN. So that should tell you something. And honestly, like I loved this game as a kid, even though it was an LJN game playing it as an adult. I I The skateboarding part is too hard because you can't tell where you need to be on the screen. It's sort of like when I was playing uh uh The Three Stooges during the the part where you have to you, you're Larry and you're running through the street to get the um the the violin so that you could go back and and Play the you know Three Blind Mice song for Curly while because like it's kind of a split screen. On the bottom of the screen is Curly getting his ass kicked in the ring, and while you are on the top of the screen and you are running, trying to go back and get uh, uh, you know, trying to get uh, find the the violin, but you don't know where you need to be on the plane of you know the game screen to like not run into objects and wipe out. It's it's exactly like that. So that was hard to do, and I couldn't get into it. Then, of course, I'm uh, um, sorry about that. Uh, keep getting notifications for some reason, uh, and I don't know how to turn them off. Um, but then I, I, the, the uh, surfing part, <clears throat> I still don't know what to do <laughs> during that part. I have no clue what I'm supposed to do during that part of the game. And I just, I got bored, and I couldn't do it anymore. And this is up there. I'm ranking this up there with broken games. Like, uh, I, I, honestly, I would rather play Fester's Quest than play this game. Oh, Jesus. Like, there's nothing That's a fun. strong
3: statement, my friend.
2: I would rather, I, I wish I had played Skater Die, because at, at least Skate or Die still has some fun elements to it. Like it's still a fun game to play. Um, even though it looks awful, probably still plays awful, but it's still fun. There's still a lot to do in it. But this game is just there's not much to it, and it you get bored really easily.
3: Well, the very little knowledge and visuals I have from this game. Like I see how it would be appealing as a kid because you've got basically a, a gorilla on a surfboard. Yeah wearing sunglasses and you, it it looks it looks fun. It it's got a fun cover. Had I seen this game as a kid, I probably would have played it too. From what little I've watched of it, it doesn't look like a very exciting game. It just looks it's too not. bland. Uh
2: let's see uh, there you have a life meter. Of course you got your you know you score points by getting coins as you go through the the skateboarding level. Uh let's see um four different colors of coins at regular intervals in the stage um moving objects uh in the way such as toy car or ball will get you points if you jump on top of them with your skateboard. I can never figure out how to jump with the skateboard. Maybe that's something I needed to learn how to do uh there are also barriers that give you points if you jump over them and let your skateboard roll underneath. Uh, You can grind the guardrail at the very top of the playfield, and you get points for doing that. Um, Then you go on to the big wave encounter, and your goal is to surf long enough to reach the pier on the beach. Just like in skateboarding, the play is side-scrolling and moving to the right. You want to surf both to the right far enough to avoid crashing within the big wave, tailing you, and high enough to avoid crashing on the bottom of the screen. There's no timer in this mode. It's all about surviving to the end you also have health points in this mode and if you run out it is game over. I never could figure out how to not just sink into the bottom of the screen uh during the the surfboard part. Like I still just don't know what to do during that part. And that's really the only two game modes there are and uh, yeah, that's it.
3: <laughs> I'm not going to lie it sounds really bad.
2: Yeah, it's boring. Like the man, I, I just got curious last week because I hadn't played this in a long time. I remember liking it as a kid, but as an adult, this game does not hold up. And if you're a, a collector, it's probably something you're going to want to just have in the collection, uh, but you're never going to play it. This is one of those games I'm never going to touch. I mean, it looks good in the lot to. to it's filler for your your NES library, basically. Shelf space? Yeah, shelf space. That's that's all it is. Makes your makes your collection a little more impressive, but yeah, it's one of those games that I'm never gonna touch again. Like Fester's Quest, Zelda Two. <laughs> Um, uh, probably Three Stooges. I'm never gonna touch that again. Like there are just some games for the NES. Like that are just shelf space.
3: So I guess the only question left to ask is, what would you give this on a scale of one to ten?
2: Oh God, this doesn't even get it. I'm gonna give it a three, just because the box art looks cool.
3: Yeah, my general rule of thumb is you always have to give a one for effort.
2: Yeah, one for then, effort. Pretty decent box art. It looks it, it's got a cool logo and it looks good on the shelf. That but that's all it gets.
3: That's unfortunate. But I mean is in it's one of those things that you know we've reviewed so many good games on this show that you're eventually going to run into some bad ones.
2: Yeah, this is one of the bad ones. Uh, 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 Yeah.
3: (laughs) That's two in a row for us.
2: Yeah, well, let's get them out of the way early in the year.
3: Yeah, nowhere to go but up. Nope.
2: But that's my review for Town & Country Surf Designs Wooden Water Rage, produced by LJN Toys Limited. I need to. I need to get a good uh, vomit sound effects uh, for whenever we do an LJN game. But I do have this. Hold on, let me hear.
1: You blow it. <laughs>
2: that's that's what they get. Love it. But um,
3: I know you said you had. Uh, we had some listener email.
2: Yes, we do. Let me pull that up real quick. Uh, for our listener email, let me let me put a little bit of music under there real quick. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah. Let me. Ah, there we go. Uh, This comes from Clint James. Hey, fellas. Hope all is well. I know you've talked at length about Castlevania in the past, and I'm curious if either of you have played Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the original PlayStation. I discovered it only a few years ago and found it intriguing as it offers a new take on the franchise. It's very different from the Nintendo platforming versions, but it is just as challenging, in my opinion, and a lot of fun. If you have time to try it, I would love to hear your thoughts and possibly a review in the future. Kudos to you on the success of the show. Keep up the great work. I look forward to listening every week and especially enjoy it when you guys do a commentary and have Wally as your guest. Till next time. Um, Well, thanks, Clint. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much. I think I did play Castlevania Symphony of the Night because I had a roommate back around... Early 2000s that uh, that had a PlayStation, and he had Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I'm pretty sure I played it, but I don't really remember anything from it. But I have heard a lot of good stuff about the game, so I would definitely like to go back and, and try it out.
3: Yeah, I never played it, just because I was not introduced to the Castlevania series until we started this show. But it would definitely be one I'd want to go back and play as well.
2: Yeah. I'd love to do that. Um, I I don't know where to. I, I would get it though. Um, I don't have a play an original PlayStation or anything, and I really have no desire to get one. Um, yeah. What same. about the PlayStation Classic? Was that is that one of the games on the PlayStation Classic? Let me look that up real quick.
3: Uh, give me a second, and I'll tell you.
2: PlayStation Classic games.
3: Uh, let's see.
2: Because I'm pretty sure the PlayStation classics, Classic is probably going to drop in price here pretty soon.
3: It is not on the list. It, it is not.
2: Um, I don't know. I'll keep an eye out for it. See if maybe it's on like good old games or something like that. Yeah. Because I think that would be fun to go back and play that.
3: Oh, yeah. And we, other than Crash Bandicoot, we haven't reviewed any PlayStation games.
2: Uh, Well, thank you for the email, and uh, those of you who want to write in, please send uh, an email over to us, and we will read it on the show. Uh, So, one more thing before we get out of here. Like uh, we talked about earlier, we do have two Pensacon panels coming up this Sunday, February 24th. Uh, The first one is Defending Bad Movies panel. And that's going to be at 1.30 p.m. in the Grand Hotel Room B. And then, of course, we're going to be doing Nerd Cave Retro Live in the Grand Hotel Room A at 4 p.m. So please come out, say hi, watch us do these panels, and, uh, you know, hang out with us. Throw us a couple of questions from the audience. I'm sure we'll be doing audience Q&A for a bit.
3: Oh, for sure. And for those who don't live in the area and can't make it, I am going to be recording both panels. Um, the Nerd Cave Retro panel will be next week's show, and Defending Bad Movies will be next week's episode of The Derek Diamond Experience, which you can follow that show uh, on social media at Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But I do want to give a little tease for what's going to happen in two weeks huh. on the show. So there's been a franchise that we have um, not been very kind to. It started out as both of us, and then I just kind of took over and have just been
1: trolling.
3: <laughs> I got to give it its due. I said I, said I would – I gave my word I would give the franchise a shot. So in two weeks, I will be reviewing Final Fantasy III – for the Super Nintendo, I'm going to be playing it with an open mind, and you'll have to tune in in two weeks to hear what my thoughts are.
2: Well, you people asked for it, you finally got it. We're going to be reviewing a Final Fantasy game, and the good part is, is I don't have to play it.
3: <laughs> uh, then you could take over as trolling it. That's right. Uh, give a shout out to um to Thad Mata, who's in the chat room who actually says he oh, yeah. can't wait to hear the review of Final Fantasy.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the uh, the chat room tonight because my computer is running super slow, and I don't know why. I just restarted it before the show, and it's still running like it's covered in molasses right now.
3: Well, we'll have a couple of weeks to get everything back. Oh, it's Thad Smith. What's going on, Thad? Oh, hey, Thad. Yeah, Glad you could Thanks join us, listening. sir. Absolutely. But... So- so yeah, we um we'll have a couple of weeks and like we mentioned, we'll be making the switch to Discord, so we'll actually have more than 1 minute to get everything ready.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I do need to uh to uh, get back. <clears throat> I got to play um the Knights of the Old Republic cuz those games are long, so uh, um I'm going to try to start <laughs> on that in the next couple of nights so I can have it done in the next couple of weeks to be able to review it.
3: That's going to be so much fun yeah. to go back and re- relive those games.
2: And if it looks like I, I won't be able to get it done in time to review it, I'll try to find something quick for the NES to do. i got a pile of games over here I still haven't reviewed yet. So. Oh, yeah, wait, know. Like I need to, do the, to back do the Ninja Turtles. I'm going to do the Ninja Turtle ones first. Yeah, I'll do that, and then I'll do uh, Star Wars. And that'll give you more time. Absolutely. Uh, So is there anything else you wanted to uh, get into before we get out of here tonight?
3: One more thing. um, For those who are fans of who grew up in the 90s, you'll want to check out this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. Because I got to interview Rob Paulson, who was the voice of Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Uh, He was the original Raphael in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was um, Yakko and Animaniacs and did a ton of other voice work. He's been in DuckTales, Sonic the Hedgehog, Tailspin, ton of other, you know, if you grew up in the 90s and you watched animation, chances are you heard Rob Paulson's voice. And he'll also be at Pensacon as well. And I'm excited to meet him. Super nice guy. Definitely check it out. That'll be out this Thursday on Apple Podcast and Spotify.
2: Awesome. Well, you can see me this Sunday at Pensacon. So come out and say hi. And I think that's going to do it for the show tonight. And let yep. me go ahead and play our. our so I'm burpy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, let me play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. We are at NerdCaveRetro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro. And individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Go throw us a couple of bucks a month and get us back up to that $50 level so we can give you extra episodes every month at Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And as always, wherever you listen to the show, please leave us a review. So Derek, tell him what it's all about. R.I.P. Skype. Yes.
3: You blew it. Master Blaster runs Burger Town.